Uh, but what if I need? I need a pee. <laughs> need oh, a pee fuck me. Do you want to go for a pee? I do want to go for. Are you recording oh. now? Well, I can stop recording. No, I know, but I want to talk about how difficult it is to pee these days for some strange reason. It's for like, you specifically, or for, for anyone me specifically. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's an age thing. I think it's probably an age thing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an age thing. It's definitely. You find that you have to push now. It's not so much that. It's like it's all. It's like um, it's like. I mean, I said. I think I've said before on on the show even that like you get to a certain age and, and you're pissing. Is in instalment plans. It's like here's a fifty percent deposit. I'll be back later with, with the rest. And it's it's. I find myself having to put a bit of tissue there just in case. I've, I've come out of the toilet thinking I'm going to get. I'm just, it's constantly feeling like you're wet. It's terrible. It's <laughs> look at your face like it's got. Hold face. on. There's a difference between I'm going to have to put a little bit of tissue paper down there just in case, and I'm constantly feeling wet. Th- that means that <laughs> that means the tissue paper barrier has fundamentally failed. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be careful. I'm just, you know, I just, I'm, and it's like a, almost maybe it's psychological. Maybe it's just such a tiny. No, you're getting old, and you've got a prostate the size of a cantaloupe. That might be it, actually. Yeah. That Hello, you're it. listening to the Sunny Side Podcast. We're back. I'm Ron. I'm PJ. I'm Scott. Hooray. <laughs> Now, do you need me to put an edit in here so you can go pee? No, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. You, you're going to use that nervous energy, oh, are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, going, so when the show, when, when I wrap up the show for 20 minutes before the end of it, you'll go, Jesus, he does need that pee. So uh, is there an end to this? I mean, because I want to go dive back into your, your granny being knee-deep in dick. <laughs> you, you join us uh, mid, mid-story here. <laughs> As ever. <laughs> well, she, yeah, so we were talking about P, uh, uh, PJ's Folds. dad is moving into a fold. And I, um, well, he's not moving into a fold. He's got a fold he's in as a fold, an option. Yes. He's got a fold as an option. He's, yes. he's going there sometimes. I mean, he was definitely going there for the old lady pussy. That's, there's no way. No, you know, wait, uh, there are, there's, there's no other way to say that. There definitely is. There's loads of other ways you could have said that. There's loads of other ways. You could have just not said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one lady up there and he was like, oh, I, I don't know if I'll stay in this fold. It depends on how tonight goes. Like, well, not, these are not, I don't want to know any of this stuff. So anyway. anyway. Yeah, well, my, my granny moved into a fold and she had a a, a gentleman companion. For many second. Men. Have we established this is a separate fold from the one that Peter's dad's yeah, no, yes, no, no. roaming exactly. around? Yeah, this is several. First of all, my granny is long dead. Okay. okay. So, um. So even if they are the same, there's no 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 crossover. No, there's there. no, no 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 crossover, crossover. there. Um, she had a a gentleman companion, a guy called Mike, um, and not really until kind of towards both of their deaths did she ever acknowledge that he might have been her boyfriend. Slapping her. <laughs> <laughs> they both lived in the fold in separate little apartments. Mike was the best dressed man that I've ever ever seen in real okay, life. Okay. Full suit. Every the works time. every day, every day, all day, every day. amount of lubricant delivered yeah. to the department every week. <laughs> but they used it's to have... It's dry we were, heat. We were talking about um, why you would want to stay in a fold instead yeah, if you have a yeah, house yeah. in Belfast. But their social lives yeah, yeah. boomed whenever well, yeah, no, they... My, my dad has like, their New Year's Eve parties were... Legendary, Off the hook. yes, yes. Yeah, well, all every, every, every year is a is a massive <laughs> yeah. celebration for them. Is is it a last year party they're having? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, they're like uh, they're like um, the cults. Whenever the the doomsday doesn't come, <laughs> celebrating their what their last night on Earth, and it doesn't come, and think, oh, hot damn, <laughs> T minus <laughs> one year. <laughs> oh, I mean, at that age, there's very few opportunities to go. Do you know, it's time to lose my virginity before I die. Edmondson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my dad's like my dad's social life is quite extensive up there because there are relatives and things up up in this world. There's nothing in Belfast anymore. He, he sort of he's complained about oh, I used to be able to go to the pub and there's no one there. I know now it's just and he does sit in the house on his own rattling around, sort of doing nothing. So he's been going up to Newcastle where, where this fold is. But then uh, when we were talking about you know I'm talking about buying the house and stuff and and he would then sort of move into the fold permanently. He's going I hate it up in Newcastle. I'd much rather be in Belfast. It's too cold up here. It's cold all the time. The winds come off the mountains and blow, and you're always being blown around. It's so cold. I'm going. This is this is all new information to me. And then so we, we've been. It's been a lot of. Um, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? I don't know if it's going to happen. And my dad's all, he's blown hot and cold. And then he, he phoned me yesterday morning and says, yeah, Paul, I think you can put the house on the market. I'm definitely, I'm going to, I thought this was what was happening. Are <laughs> you in your house? Going. My house. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The plan yeah. would yeah. be to sell our flat and move into the house. But, um, they, you know, it's it's all because my brother's not been very well. It's it's just I haven't really had a moment to kind of think about all this, how all this works. Plus, the flats are not. We've had a mouse infestation as well, Ugh. which has not been a lot of fun. The whole flats everywhere, as far as I know, all of them, all of them have. Don't have put had that mice. on the listing. No, no, I'm like <laughs> free, free furry friend, um, which is you know what what you'd look forward to up in a fold. Um, <laughs> So anyway, so how are you, Scott? How are you? We haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, fine. Any, any what significant in between? What have you been doing in the past three years? What have you done? Is it, have we not talked at all on record? No, since before the pandemic. No, 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 no. We, no. we, we, we did start. We did online podcasts. We did some online because yeah, yeah. I definitely remember talking about moving house. Yeah, we yeah, stopped yeah. that around March last year. So, all it's, right, it's okay. Been, it's been about a year and a bit. I definitely only remembered that when I was driving here tonight. And I was like, what am I going to have to talk about? And then I, I thought, thought, I definitely remember explaining to them that we were moving house. Because yeah, you had yeah, just yeah. moved in here. Yeah. And then we were all excited that we were going to be super close. And then as soon as you moved in, I immediately moved out of the area. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it did feel a bit premeditated. <laughs> have you moved far away? From no, we're, uh, we're maybe five minutes. Okay. Five minutes away. So well after a year, I mean, I'm sure we explained all this at the time. But after a year locked inside with the kids, we, our, we loved our old house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lovely house, spent a lot of time and money making it the way we wanted it. No outdoors, though, was there? No back garden. Yeah, there was yeah. a tiny little yard. Yeah. And it just felt unfair for the kids because they wanted to play outside. They couldn't really do anything in the yard. Mm-hmm. They definitely couldn't play out yeah, in the front, on the, in the, front, yeah, in the yeah, street. Yeah. Um, on, even though it was a cul-de-sac, they definitely couldn't have yeah. done that. So it just felt a little bit unfair. So we, we uh, sacrificed some living space, some inside mm. space, to get what we consider to be an absolutely massive back garden. I, yeah, okay. Um, uh, so that has I heard been, that about your granny too. <laughs> Back. That doesn't really make it sense. No, it's not. <laughs> like I don't mind. I don't mind it if it works. <laughs> it didn't really but that, that it's almost more insulting <laughs> that it is so poor. All right, fair enough. Um, fair play. No, there hasn't been uh, a, really a lot of changes. Yeah. Um, we've just been, you know, we're a year How old into are your this. Kids now? Ralphie's six and Lena turned three last week. Uh, okay, still um, young, still young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just got back from Disneyland a couple of weeks oh, ago. I don't know why. I thought your kids would have been like nine and ten now. Well, you're, I mean, I'm going to guess that your kids are like seventeen and fourteen. 
14 in June and 17 now. Ah, oh, nailed it. <laughs> you, you can add. <laughs> well, yeah. Where's I can't? <laughs> You're back from Disney World. Went to Disneyland, well, yeah, Paris. No, as, I, as I recall, the last time when we were doing stuff, you were quite adamant. No, no in-person meetups because COVID. Yeah. Have you got then a, I got COVID. Did you? <laughs> and, and you did go to Disneyland last year as well. Was no, right? we went. To, we went to Disneyland the, the like literally the month before the first lockdown happened. So okay. twenty twenty, mm-hmm. um, that was the that was the famous passport incident. Yes. Um, yes. So we did that, and then we went uh, this year again. Mm-hmm. Um, stayed in the same place that all the except stayed for a, a day or where, two where longer. Did you stay? We stayed at a place uh, called. Le Village Nature, okay. which is like a centre parks. Oh, it's like a na- um, is it a naked it, one? Is no, it, <laughs> just, no. Just it sounds like it. Would be it does sound, yeah, yeah. No, I can see your Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> your is no, it's Pluto. No, yeah, no, okay. Um, yes, we stayed stayed there, same place we stayed the last time. Um, it's about twenty minutes from Disneyland, and it's you know it's a centre park, so there's tons we're, of stuff to do. We're going to Disneyland in June, I Paris. Think, right? yeah, 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 it's yeah. so fucking good. Well, we're we're actually going to Paris, and then we're going to Disneyland. Yeah. The plan had originally been like before COVID, we were going to go over with a Marvel hotel at just about. This oh yeah, open, yeah, 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 yeah. And we were going to be kind of op- in the opening of it, yeah. and everything shot up in price. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, because of COVID and stuff, so and then the kids have got so much older; it's not really. Yeah, well, the nice. the plans for uh, I don't think any of them are going to be open this year, but next year I think the Marvel Avengers Campus, mm. which is going to be a, a whole theme park <clears throat> unto itself. Yeah, uh, the Frozen Arendelle mm-hmm. Land and the uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Okay. Are all, oh, they're all going to, they're all going to be there oh, okay. in Disneyland, Paris, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not fussed about it. <laughs> How can you I not mean, be fussed? It feels, I mean, because I still, part of me still feels sorry for Ron, if I'm honest. You, <laughs> do you, feel, gu- do you guilt. feel guilty having I feel fun? Guilt having fun at Disney World. <laughs> Look, I could go with it. Well, actually, I can't. Listeners, I don't, if, I don't, I don't have a passport. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I could get a passport. It didn't stop me. Oh, well, technically it did stop me, yes. but it didn't stop me the second time. It didn't stop your parents. <laughs> no, it totally did just, just to recap the story, Ron's parents went to Disney, went up to Ron and his brother and said, Ron, we've got great news. We're going to Disneyland. They went, Mommy? Daddy? <laughs> yes, yes, Mommy and Daddy are going to Disneyland. You two are staying here, by the way. Interestingly, it would have been the um, 30th anniversary of that yeah, conversation because it was like the opening opening month. It was or so. opening month, and it was we were there the week of the start of the thirtieth anniversary celebrations. So, how old were you at that time? Uh, say thirty years ago, I would have been thirteen, fourteen. Oh, so I mean, I just and did you have to live with your brother then? Did you have to stay with your brother while they went? Or? Well, yeah, they, they weren't going to split us up. I, 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 <laughs> well, so the, the bigger one had to look after the little one. Okay, how, also, how much older was your brother? My, my brother is a year and a half younger than me. So <laughs> yeah, he's he's the bigger one. <laughs> he's the thirteen. Yeah, and we're going away to Disneyland. You're thirteen. Look after your brother. Bye. Pretty much. Yeah. Now, whenever I tell people this, they, they kind of can't believe that I was left alone in the house. <laughs> my so, favorite bit so, of this story, though, isn't that. My favorite bit of this story is that when you tell people this, you can't believe that they can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, my grandmother lived in a granny flat on the side of the house, so basically she was there. Okay. Okay. Well, that's but, not so but Stephen bad. and I were were basically alone in the in the main house on our own mm-hmm. during the week that I, I during the week, uh, the week I was definitely left alone for like a long weekend when I with my sister when I was probably 16 yeah 16's alright 16's, Six, 16's actually legal yeah oh is it yeah 
but um, now these days it's not. <laughs> it is not legal in Ireland. Leave a fourteen. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I would have stayed uh, over the summer at home when I was about. 15, well 16 actually would have been uh, because I was working in Belfast my mum and dad were away for holidays Yeah, over the, well over the summers it, like all bets were off, my mm. pa- both my parents would have worked during the day, mm. so me and my sister would have been in the house all day by ourselves, or you know if we wanted to fuck off outside and play or, or yeah. whatever, but well, your sister sister's to your... two years younger than me Okay, okay. Um, like we would have been left or you know get the bus down to the summer scheme and about there and your dad, of course, like four years older than you, isn't that four, right? Yeah, four years older than you. <laughs> Hold on, how old are you? 52 now. Oh, right, okay. I was like, a photo came up on the phone the other day. It was like 10 years ago of us podcasting. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. That's a long time ago. But that's not, that wouldn't have even been the start of it. It's like, probably we, we were podcasting before it was cool. Yeah, it's probably 12 or 13 years. And we've never managed and, to and, be cool. I know, never, do, never actually being cool about it. <laughs> I mean, the people who do it first are never the cool ones. No, yeah, mm. first, first over the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so you're okay. Everything's fine. There's nothing exciting and new. I mean, you're still in the same. You've job. been flat out working on TV. Yes, I've been doing all the TV. We just finished Dairy Girls. That yes. was nice. I enjoyed Dairy Girls. Ron, of course, hates it. <laughs> look, he hate watches it. I don't understand even why he do that. Look, we shouldn't talk about it. I, I like. I actually would like to talk about it. I would like because there are a couple of things. That, I mean, I watched the the. I've obviously watched all of the last series. Watched the finale. A couple of things about the finale quite annoyed me. The you know the kind of the the nod to realism and then some things you're going. Well, that wasn't available in 1998 or whatever year it was. It's look, just, one of the things I, I was watching trousers. the finale one. Did that child just say totes? Yes. <laughs> and there's a hyper reality to it, which I accept. But yes. at the same time, totes is not, that's not, no, <laughs> that's just not right. Um, so, yeah, so Dairy Girls, which um, has gone through ballistic. Everyone loves Dairy Girls. It's the yeah. most popular thing, I think, that's been made in Northern Ireland in a long time. That's about Northern Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't think. I mean, uh, give my head peace. Never travelled. I would no, no. Good, big, I mean, it barely got out of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> there was an old TV series called Foreign Bodies. I'm sure you'll not remember that. No, which had I remember um, the name of it, but that's about it. Uh, There's two characters in it. Um, There's one who were like a pork pie hat would constantly go that's what I say Tom that's what I say and then Tom was played by one of Northern Ireland's leading actorly lights in theatre and stuff who's never really broken into film or TV beyond local stuff um, I can't remember can't remember his name, his name. <laughs> his name. probably that's why he's never really beyond uh, uh, and but it, and it, it was sort of BBC Northern Ireland in the 80s when it wasn't Stephen Ray no, 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 no. See, he's gone on to do TV. It's, it's. Um, Stephen Ray does stuff. Yeah, people does know stuff. Yeah, yeah, people know yeah. Stephen Ray. Um, oh, I'll find him here. You, you talk amongst yourselves. Is there any other shows that maybe have gone from Northern Ireland? I can't think of any. Um, Honestly, not, I can't think of. Yeah, any not that, not that that are about no. Northern Ireland. Whenever I was very young, there was a TV show called The End of the World Man. Oh, and, I've never and heard of that. It was it was it was a children's BBC series. It was filmed in Northern Ireland. Whenever I was older in school, I told everyone that I was in it because <laughs> <laughs> there was a kid who who raced around in it in a BMX with a BMX helmet on, and I was like, "Yeah, I played the BMX kid, <laughs> the underworld man." And I was like, "Prove me wrong." <laughs> 
Don Gordon. Don, Don Gordon. Gordon. The, the in my head, I was thinking you might be talking about Don Gordon. Don Gordon does fucking loads of stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's no, he's never got further. He's than... not on the holding radar. <laughs> I mean, nobody's nobody's going. Oh my god, Don Gordon's made a cameo in in this show. You know, Liam Neeson makes a Liam. cameo, and you're like, oh, Liam Neeson, wow. Don Gordon, you think? Well, they must have run out of other local support. Did you see actors. Liam Neeson's cameo in Atlanta? No, 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 I haven't watched the the, the third, series the third of Atlanta. I, I I won't I won't spoil anything, but it is sublime. Okay. It is like meta, self-referential, self-deprecating. Good. To ju- oh, it's so good. good. It's okay. so good. Okay. But so it's just funny because it's he, almost is he hunting a black man in it? Is all... that what's going on? <laughs> I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to give anything away. Finally, living the dream. <laughs> I'm not going to give anything away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so right, that, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Um, okay. But it was just funny because I think it was almost the same week mm. that it aired in America, I think, and it was on Derry oh, Girls Derry as well. Girls, yeah. yeah, okay. But okay. well, what did you not like about the Derry Girls finale? Oh, yeah, it's uh, primarily the stuff that I was looking going, that's not, uh, that doesn't ring true of that time period. Okay. You know, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you kind of go, you forgive because it's like it's a comedy show, which is working in a hyper reality and that's okay. So there's a lot of smudging of things together, but it'd be like things like the kind of jeans they're wearing or something. It's like so, so weirdly there was, I can't remember what it was, but it was either a clothing reference or something. I was looking at it thinking that's not, that's not appropriate for that time. I can't remember anyone. Certainly during watching it, there's a lot of times where I was like, this isn't right time period wise, or this isn't isn't the wrong place. But that was never why I didn't like it. I mean, uh, as I finished you watching... You never find it funny, I never you? find it funny in the yeah. slightest. Uh, as I was watching the finale, I kind of realized that it is all kind of just like a... Um, Lisa McGee, the writer, is probably just kind of remembering everything and not not choosing to be too specific yeah, chronologically yeah, because yeah. that's how memory works. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, like if, if there's a song listen, that they're listening to in the radio, I'm like, that song didn't come out for another year and a oh, half. Yeah, <laughs> I, remember, I remember you saying that about, about uh, one of the Spice It was a Spice Girls song. thing. Yeah. And then there was another, they were listening to like Angels in one episode. I'm like, I remember when Angels came out because I went, I crashed my car when the, the week Angels came out. <laughs> and that was, I was not driving when this happened. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes. I suppose there is an element of that that it's a kind of it's a reminiscence of someone, and it's and it's it's got that sort of fluidity of time to it. And yeah, my wife's kind of my my wife and kids love it, so they're sort of rewatching it. And I was kind of watching the the last bit of the first series again. I'm thinking, yeah, that, that, what I kind of liked about it was that the it was. The, the the troubles of Northern Ireland were happening and kids were doing stuff and that felt very true to what my life was like when I was yeah. a teenager. It was like there was shit going on but it wasn't impacting on me. I mean, I was having a freaking ride of a time. Not literally. Poor choice of words. I was having a great time but like none of that was impacting on me. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I, I kind of accept that you know, I'm roughly the same age as those girls yeah. would be at that time. Maybe a year or two older. Hmm. And... When did the, Angels come out? Angels came out in 1997 because I was working in Kilkeel at the time. Because I remember I was 15, I think, and I was having a friend. Was We had had a couple of beers and a friend was staying over at my house and he was sleeping on the floor in my bedroom. And in the time whilst he was staying over, his girlfriend broke up with him. <laughs> via text message Oof. while she was in my house and his 
his parents lived quite far, quite far, far enough that you you wouldn't be decked like yeah. driving to come and get him. Um, <laughs> so he asked me if I would go in next door into my sister's bedroom and get her copy of that Robbie Williams album, and then he put it on my CD player and cried the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. And I just went to sleep. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he just lay on the floor and cried and listened to it on repeat while I went to sleep. Look, I remember crying listening to Angels as well. And again, it was after I crashed my car. I was driving home. <laughs> the windscreen was smashed into my car, and it was on the radio. And I was just literally singing it up my voice, crying my eyes. How old were you then? Uh, I would have been. God, I would have been at least nineteen, maybe twenty. Yeah. Okay, and and the tears were for the car or the the music or probably just the, just the shock vibe? of the it was, whole. It was shock because yeah, I've never sang along to that fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's things from Northern Ireland go. That's probably the most wild, widely travelled. And I mean, I kind of like it as an ambassador for Northern Ireland because it do, it does ring true to to a lot of. Yeah, it, I think yeah, that even, definitely could be worse. Yeah, um, uh, there could be worse I, things that are. I also see a lot of people kind of watching and going, "Yeah, that's just what my experience was like." I was like, "It definitely wasn't." <laughs> I mean, that this is a this is a a comedic interpretation of what mm. happened then, and if your life was like that back then, you you have serious problems. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there. I think kind of happened or didn't. Well, know. there's a whole bunch of like you know comedic scrapes they get into, like yeah. you know whenever they're burning down a, a chip shop or yeah. or uh, you know the, the, they're the, all a bit the, ramped up. They think they're in a haunted you know, house I've, in the middle I've of Donegal. Definitely you know, known things like that happening to people that I know. I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm saying well, well clear of that. Egypt. You know, there are people like that that have. Me, there's a friend of mine who's like your dad. Like if you dad. if you told me your dad accidentally burned down a chip shop, I'd like I'd, I, I'd, I'd really I'd good believe friend. that. I, like when I was at uni, uh, I met Mark Phelan, who was in the drama society I was in. He, Mark went on then to become he's now a professor of drama at Queens, teaches drama at Queens, and Mark was a walking disaster. Like he would he would get hammered, and we'd come out of a thing, and he would be standing uh, at the corner of Queens, and and you'd say, right, Mark, you all right? Yeah, I'm grand. I says, where are you going? Now? Going home and. He point directly to like compass point directly to where he lives and it would be through uh, Botanic Gardens pitch black night time and you go alright Mark well you're okay then I'm heading off home and then you turn around and he's walking in exactly the same direction he's just pointed climbing over the wall and into the into the things I remember coming home uh, we we came back to his his, his uh, student digs and uh, we're both bursting for a piss and uh, they had two toilets an outdoors one and indoors one and I ran in to the uh, upstairs toilet to go for a pee and Mark went downstairs and all I hear was fuck and I went are you alright he went yeah I fucking banged my knee on the door and there was a door kind of at an angle against the wall the toilet door which he had broken completely in half at the at below the shin height not at the knee height where you would expect but somehow below the shin height right so th- this is just one of the things and then he was telling me later about how um, this is years and years later he was telling me he was at a conference in, in um, it was uh, South America was it in Brazil or somewhere? And he said, I decided to go for a walk and I got lost and in in the jungles of Brazil and he had to swim <laughs> <laughs> to swim back <laughs> 
through some sea. And it's like, what the fuck? It's like insane stories. Tell me when Jesus Christ. And he, but he's completely mental. He was, saying, he was going, I was out in boats with some uh, friends, cousins, and you know, some kids. So he's older now. And the kid, we were all out in this boat. And it's great. We got her on this wee boat. And we were going back. And I said, um, I shouted, ah, everyone, get out, we're sinking, thinking this would be a funny joke. And all the other kids who didn't know Mark jumped out, thinking the boat was sinking. His kids sat in the boat going, fucking die again. And he goes, oh, and then we had to, and then we were in a motorboat. So we had to circle the motorboat right to get there. just nearly cut them in half. <laughs> Some people are just a fucking, you, every, everything they do is just a culmination of comedic events. Well, Some I people think, like that. I don't think Derek girls had the budget for that. <laughs> I also oh, would, constantly, would just like to apologise for uh, the massive loud noise that PJ oh, yeah, yeah, made, because that's going that, that's to bother some people. Oh, I, I have a compressor on this, it'll be okay. okay. <laughs> he, he told me that day as well, he said there were some lobster pots, they had lobster pots out, because everyone else had proper lobster pots, and we, we had this old crappy thing, it wasn't very good, and there was no lobsters in it, so I just nicked somebody else's lobsters, and we put them <laughs> put them in the car, uh, on, on in, a, in a bucket in the car, and we went out and got something to eat, came back again, and we were driving along, and the lobsters got out of the bucket, and they were nipping at the feet and the heels while I was driving the car. On the way home, who fucking hell, Mark? Just it's crazy. He says, he says, uh, he says, oh, one day I was out, and we were out in the. He says we were out in the forest. Oh, and it got nearly knocked, uh, knocked out by a tree. And he's, well, how did you get knocked out by a tree? Oh, well, I was pushing a dead tree over. You know, you know how much fun it is to push a dead tree over. I go, no, it's not a thing I've ever done. He says it's great crack. You just push them over and they fall. They're brilliant. And it, and this one nearly fell on my head. <laughs> and he's a professor. He's a professor. I'm sure you'll love these stories coming out. Oh, <laughs> uh, but like, I mean. I've known him for maybe, I don't know, like since I was 25, so, you know, 25, 30 years. He's married. This is this is this is what yeah, he's so like. are you though. This is his life. This so are you. No, hold on, so are you. Yeah, no, but I'm not that mad. I mean, I have mm. a certain, there's a certain amount of, oh, you're a bit nuts. I accept, I accept there's a certain level of eccentricity, which I've always had, but I generally surround myself with people that are slightly mildly eccentric, but that's like dangerously eccentric. <laughs> I don't know. I will say this, Terry goes, look great. Yes, <laughs> nicely colour corrected. <laughs> so are you still doing the colour stuff? Yes. Is that what you're still doing? Yes. yes. You know, did you not see Scott's name at the end of every episode? No, I, do, I don't watch the credits. I mean, Nobody watches the credits. No. I wait and I wait to see Scott's name. <laughs> so the only reason I'm watching it is for we Scott's name. So what are you, are we, I mean, is there other, uh, do you know what's coming next after the Derry Girls thing for the people from the Derry People Girls? Is there um, things coming? Uh, can, that you can talk about, Mel? No, no. Sir, well, uh, the only thing that I know is that this is the last series. Well, that's, whoa, that's, that's a scoop there I know, for everyone who didn't watch the last there's episode. Nobody, <laughs> that nobody, has, nobody has mentioned anything else. That's it. And, all, yeah, even, after the four winds, they all blew. Yeah, not not the actual four winds, but the... I'm yeah. predicting Dare Girls the movie and they go on holiday because that's what happens in every in every I, movie I of a TV like series. I, I love that that's a trope. I mean, it is a trope. Everyone goes yeah. on holiday and because it, yeah. it happens. So, I, I mean, you're kind of still colouring then. That's, that's yeah, of, I think had I done Dungeons and Dragons whenever we had finished... I don't think the so. Last time. Yeah, but I mean that hasn't appeared yet. It's so not. No, it's not until next year. Oh, it's but I finished wow. it last year. Right. Okay. I finished. I did. I was doing dailies on it. Um, okay. So we got to do Dungeons and Dragons. That's Jesus. That's some fucking film. Is it? Okay. It's like it's it's fun. It's just one of those things. Even when you're 
you're looking at raw rushes not cut mm. together like yeah. you just feel the money yeah. in every aspect of yeah, costume yeah, yeah, yeah. makeup everything and that's set in Belfast too yeah and, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny we were doing camera tests on it and they had stand-ins mm-hmm. in the costume because the the, the proper cast hadn't arrived yet yeah. uh, so they had stand-ins in the costumes and they wanted to see what one of the sets looked like and they were the stand-ins were like creeping through this like i don't know i can't remember like a tunnel cave type yeah. affair like a, a dar- like a dark uh, like a dungeon similar to a dungeon like a like a dark a dungeon like yeah it's like there's only either dungeons or dragons <laughs> in a film like this isn't there so it's either they're facing a dragon or they're in a dungeon um and you're just thinking to yourself god this doesn't look very good <laughs> and uh, the DOP, I think it was the DOP that I was in with, and he's like, oh, "It's the, it's, it's." Um, he had the, kind of the same thing. He didn't, he didn't um, vocalize it in the same yeah. way, but he was basically saying, "Oh, stand-ins, they they make everything look bad." Cheap. He said, "Just, just wait until you see." Uh, the with, the, with the with the cast, and then is it like whenever whenever like a celebrity gets a photo with a normal person, and the normal person always looks like some sort of Quasimodo monster? And it's just it's not it's even like, that it's, they it's because somehow, the stand-ins were all they were, they were all like like good looking people. They yeah, are the yeah. stand-ins for the yeah. The, but if they were really the handsome, actors, they'd be the actors. They, but, they, but they've only got plus two charisma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like a a, a, joke. a couple of days later. The full cast arrived, and yeah. they were all doing, and they were in the same costumes. Uh-huh. They were on the same set, and except this time, it was um, Gina Rodriguez, Chris Pine, yeah. Reggae Jean Page, uh, who else? Uh, whoever, and whoever else yeah, is in yeah. it, and they're doing all the same things. But, but it's like this looks great. Everything oh, that is, like it's that's really weird, it's the, it's, and it's it's watching people. Who commit? Yeah, yeah, I guess this because the standards. But they know how to inhabit a scene. Yeah, 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 yeah and the yeah. stand, and, and this isn't any disrespect to the standards. That's not their job. Oh, is their job is just to appear there. Yeah, their job is just to stand in. It's, I, it's, I've been a stand. You have been a stand in. It's, it's, it's it, it, your it job is. is to stand there and you're, be lit, you're, and you're then just walk to be meat off. in the room. Yeah, mm. it, it, but it's so crazy That's how everything comes to sex. Because in my head, whenever they're like, "Oh, when the when the when the cast turn up, it'll all be," and I was like, eh, "Well, it, I can't see how they." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they come, and everything transforms, and they're wow. so good. Um, but that's really about as much as I know about that because it's been away for yeah, such yeah. a long time. I'm sure it's going to be in endless VFX. It's okay. a very VFX heavy. Um, so how's your standing in, in the um, in the film industry, film TV industry now? I mean, w- would you would you like I, I, have you sort of reached the top of where you can go in what you do? No, or, I, or is there a direction for you still? No, I don't think I've, I definitely haven't reached the top. Or have I don't you kind think of I've plateaued done. and gone in Northern is, Ireland. It's a very small pond. And it's a, in Northern Ireland, it's a very small pond. There's yeah, only like there's, what two or three people who do what you do, isn't there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, there's no reason give it. Like what the pandemic showed us is that you, you know, for a lot of jobs, you can work from anywhere. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, as as other things, I, I, maybe I would hope that as other things, people might go. Uh, you know, we like this guy's stuff. Maybe fair enough. He's not here where we are, but we can you send it. And, and yeah, you can, yeah, <laughs> we can send it and maybe do yeah. it that way. I definitely, I definitely don't think I'm anywhere close to like the the top or yeah, yeah. or anything like that. There's still like I do 
work on some I mean, big, on some not, big shows. Not, uh, but yeah. Wait, I mean, where, where is the top in, in that field? Is it um, is it the same job? You're just exactly the same job. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the job wouldn't no, change. Yeah. The, is the it jobs. a world where like there's, there's there's names that people are like, oh yeah, you want to get that guy? He can. Yeah, there are. I mean, they're he not, owns the color blue. They're, they're <laughs> not names that anybody other than other colorists and DPs, maybe they, maybe directors. Yeah. Um, is there an Oscar category with. for... No, there's not. Role? The Oscars can get fucked. <laughs> um, you know soaking the BAFTA, soaking the Gold Globe, soaking the, the Emmys. There's no, no Oscar no. category for any of those, then? No, in, or, no. Or no categories for those in any of the awards? No. Is the, that because it's such a newish art form? I, I honestly don't know. It's not that... Like, oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, however however but many that years. First, that was yeah, the very 2001. first, but that's... 2001. So that's 22 years ago. Yeah. It's not that new. Yeah. Um... Although to be fair, stuntmen were waiting for quite some time to get their um, to get their Oscar category. They were falling over themselves for it. Oh boo! <laughs> Shut up! It's been um, a long time. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no category. BAFTA you can submit as a category it to BAFTA. It doesn't fall under cinematography. Then it doesn't. No, it's not no. sort of part of that. I can't see Roger Deakins been too happy if Scott takes it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can submit to BAFTA under. I can't remember the the exact line. That I think it's. Did you, I think it's manip- image manipulation or so, or something obscure yeah, like that. Suggests but you're yes, but you're pitting yourself against visual effects, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. just feels like whenever I was like, "Oh, I made this look pretty," and this guy's like, "I made a fucking dinosaur," and you're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna lose out to the dinosaur guy mm-hmm. every time." Um, I I've been nominated for were the color awards. Did we talk about that the last time? No, I've been. Well, I was nominated. Twice for colorist of the year. Oh, well done. Um, didn't win. Oh, never mind. Um, and then I've been nominated twice again this year. What What are the awards called? The award. They're just called the colorist awards. You need a name. The colorist. Is it the Scott Ferguson annual color? <laughs> they call them the colored by color. No, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, no. <laughs> um, but the uh, the award show this year was due to take place. In Moscow, and oh, then, that might not happen. No, and then Moscow did a bad thing. Yeah, and then the color awards were like, yet suspiciously quiet about it all. Uh-huh. And then some other colorists went, "Hey, maybe say something about everything that's going on." Yeah, and they were like, mm. "Delete, oh, delete." Right, okay. mm. Do you, um, do you think is it run by a Russian company? It is, is run it? by a Russian oh, company, right, yeah. Okay, then. But then they've just they've just shit canned the whole affair, and it's happening in Rome next year. So now I just have to wait for in a whole other year. Spectrums, I should call it the spectrums. The spe- the sp- I don't know if you should call spectrums. it. The spe- that does sound like an award for autistic people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was thinking more of vintage computer <laughs> games, fans of epic computers. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, that was nice to be nominated for that but didn't win yeah. and now I've got to wait for a whole other year and by that time I'm, I'll probably have forgotten about it oh you might I mean you'll be nominated for things you're doing in that year what were you nominated for I was nominated for Bloodlands okay I was about to ask is Bloodlands Series 2 um, Bloodlands Series 2 is that the one that's in the set camp? Northern Ireland is that set yes, here yes it is yes uh, is Jimmy it good Nesbitt. It's had so-so reviews. Okay, it was, okay. yeah, it was, it was uh, for me. It was I. I enjoyed doing it because I got to work with um, Pete Travis, who directed the Dread movie. Oh right, okay. Um, and I really the DOP was a really nice guy from um, from Iceland, I think, mm-hmm. who had that kind of Scandi drama like aesthetic that he wants yeah. so like for me it was a fun thing people had criticisms about like the story and i think it, i think it could have been longer it was it felt all like kind of 
yeah, it felt a little bit too tight. And yeah. um, I don't know if people would have wanted it to be longer because yeah, they did. Yeah. Some people didn't seem to like it, but I, I, I enjoyed it mm. and I enjoyed my time on it. Um, the second series is, as far as I'm aware, like I don't think they finished editing it yet, but they've definitely they've, they've shot everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they've shot everything. The rap party was a week or so ago, um, so I'll be doing that sometime over the summer, uh, which will be. Which would be nice. I've ne- I've only I've been nominated for one award, uh, maybe at the start of my comics career as uh, newcomer of the year for some sort of British awards. I, I don't think it was the Eagles, it was sort of lesser one, but <clears throat> at the time, so was Jock. So I did not win that. <laughs> did Jock win it? Uh, I think Jock might have done either Jock or Fraser Irving, who were oh. both nominated. <laughs> Fraser was actually Fraser was nominated two years in a row. So I don't know how, how, that how was. does that work. I don't know. I don't know. So I know that was the one and only swing at an awards thing I've ever got. So I've long yeah. since given up on the notion. I don't think I've. I, mean, ever, I don't think I've ever, ever been nominated the before. I had to do like a because obviously the wasn't at the awards the first time around. So I had to like. Skype in hmm. and then do the gracious clap. <laughs> I didn't win. <laughs> I would um, quite like there should be more awards things that I stand a chance. Ron doesn't like awards. Do you not like awards? Well, you just looked at me and said Ron doesn't like awards. I'm, I'm sitting here being perfectly fine about awards. Look, I'm not fussed on the concept. Of <laughs> <laughs> I understand why they happen, and the, the, the very obvious reason is to draw attention to a medium or a a thing for the public, for the press. Is it not also like to have a nice meal with some friends that work in the industry and have a nice little? Not really, no. Uh, <laughs> generally, any industry that gives awards is to try and get public or press for that award, or yeah. for, for, not for the award for that industry. Yeah, and it, it you know. If, if the nice side effect of that is that everyone gets a nice dinner, then great. I remember whenever before I before I worked before I worked at Yellow Moon, I was a, like freelance kind of shoot editor. Like I was just you know shooting whatever. Uh, there was a, I was working with a guy, and he just random little corporate jobs yeah. would come along, and he'd send me out to shoot a bunch of stuff, and I'd cut it together, and that would be it. Um, and he was like, "I'm doing I'm doing this thing for the Northern Ireland Transport Awards." Uh-huh. I was like, right, okay. I, like, I, know, I know where this is going. I was like, I need you to go around and film some of the some buses stuff mm. and whatever, and cut together like a little little insert pieces for the award yeah. ceremony that they'll that they'll show up on a projector. I was like, well, who are the? Is it just like the nominees for best what a uh, Translink company and well, Translink, yeah, probably best articulated lorry. <laughs> but apparently, like they do all the little, like all the little bus companies that mm. you see, like taking kids to school. Whenever, ah, right, like all yeah, the yeah, little, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember any of their names. Um, but they had a big shindig in the Europa, and see, yeah. they all seem very fancy. See, that isn't about and, drawing attention to ah, anything. It is. Just... So wait for it here. Right. So here, here, here's how, here's how it works. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, it's big money. This is the, in, the inside scoop. On I'm not going. I'm not going to name any industry. I'm just going to name. What, I'm just going to say things that I've been. Clued to and I've witnessed, right? So you take an industry with um, not a very high public profile and the people of that industry want to try and garner business. Mm-hmm. So you create an awards ceremony and mm. you then have categories that those companies want to have awards in so they can then they can they then promote themselves. Yeah, yeah. And then funnily enough, the companies that donate the most or pay for the most advertising generally seem to win those awards. If you're suggesting that something's <laughs> yeah. uh, uh Podcast should come back with an award ceremony for things that we want to. Well, that leads into the Sunset Awards. (laughs) (laughs) If you would like to be considered Belfast Best Comic Shop. 
but, calling them the sunnies. But in general, yeah, you, you basically buy an award, and then next year you can say we are award-winning company yeah. Yeah, with from this, you know, magazine or trade body or whatever. And that that's generally how, how industry award work, works. Artistic awards are different. Mm. We got nominated I, for something, didn't we? We did well, once upon a, a time. long, long time ago. It was best podcast. Or something I remember. Like that. Yeah, I, think, I think we won it. I remember. Did we win it? I think we did. So, oh, good no. for us. No, we didn't. No, no, no. no, no. The people who were involved in running the organi- running that, that uh, festival won it. <laughs> Funnily enough, <laughs> but it's okay. Nobody's bitter about that. That's fine. Um, yeah, I do. I do remember like the awards in the UK, the comic awards, it's become quite run down because they were sort of running. The Eagle Awards were the big one, but yeah. over time, there was no real organisation on the Eagle Awards apart from whoever was. Well, the doing thing the is, there's, I, I, now, now there's no Eagle Awards anymore because there's no Eagle. Sort of, yeah, well, yeah. Um, I just remember like there's all there, there are awards kind of within industries, and but I I just think it's nice sometimes because there's, there's some of them come with quite a lot of prestige with to you know within the industry and fans of that industry yeah. will will seek it out and they'll see I'm th- like what's the um you want validation of a thing that you like yeah what's the fantasy award? the fantasy one the hugo awards, the hugo awards. Yeah. yeah 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 like the hugo awards may, don't mean squat to the vast majority of people but if you win a hugo award yeah, yeah. it's a big deal yeah Certainly to to let so it in a runs literary. Hugo Awards? I don't know who wants who, who runs Hugo I bet just publishers. Big books. Yeah. <laughs> big books. Big books. Big paper. <laughs> and they will sell a shit ton of books. And big yeah, paper. Yeah. What was that guy's name? Uh, William Randolph Hearst. Ah, yeah. Big paper. Big paper. <laughs> so, you're, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll never win an award. I, I mean, Ron's industry. Any awards in your industry, Ron? For IT? Yeah. There's loads. Do you have, have you ever? But been, uh, you know, if you, if you look, if, you know, we, when I was working in a computer place, we won, <laughs> we won an award for best. It was best Amstrad retailer, nineteen eighty nine, I think, and uh, we collected the award from uh, Amstrad's. Deputy Chief Executive. Not Alan Sugar then? Not Alan Sugar. Because <laughs> uh, it was Nord Darn. There's no way Alan Sugar was coming to Nord Darn. But they were awards run by uh, Amstrad. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was very much this, an Amstrad trade but, magazine. Yeah, so what is yeah. it? Surely it can't be the most Amstrad sold because you're not I you're not winning we, that. We No, I think we probably we probably were selling quite a lot at that You time. may have had one whole market to yourself. I, I think so. In Northern Ireland, uh, at 1989, there weren't many places to sell on Amstrad you wouldn't really have bought it meal order You'd have, people would have bought it from Case Catalog and things but like to go into a shop to buy it yeah, Case Catalog already... did you not used to have a wank over Case Catalog oh, such good wanks <laughs> <laughs> to the computers no to the catalogs what are you talking about you said people bought it in Case Catalog they had computers in there as well as yeah they had, yeah. They had other stuff yeah. oh right okay yeah oh right I mean um, Th- there, yeah. was just, there was just one lingerie section <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, it had, it had all it, it was there for all of your needs, yeah, <laughs> sexual or computer, whichever, whichever way you wanted to go. There was the mind clearing lingerie section, <laughs> and then after that, you could have a really good thing about what it was that you really wanted. Yeah, then the guilt would kick in. You'd start looking at the computers. Like, I'm I just, really need an Amstrad. Well, you've been with that catalogue for a long time. We're just looking There's at the so many computers. So, so just really want an Amstrad. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's research 
<laughs> well, uh, thanks for asking. I have been drawn for DC lately. <laughs> well, I mean, I was about to ask what what have you been doing? I know you've been doing some stuff for DC, and and you've have you finished Lion and Eagle yet? Lion and Eagle's finished. Thank God. I, I thank Christ. I just uh, any more jungle. I just couldn't do it. Um, it's done. I, and I think was this another one with Garth? Was this yeah, a Garth yeah, one? yeah? It's, it's great. Going, it's a really it, good you series. It? Yes. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, I, it, it'll be collected soon as well. It'll be collected for new. Should be available before the New York Comic Con. I'm going so to. I shouldn't have bothered me arse buying the individual well, issues. Yeah, I mean, you knew it was going to be collected. Come on, <laughs> don't be so daft. I mean, what I really want to do is I really want to. I mean, it's an expensive book. It's an expensive book. It's a big book, though. I mean, it's like each issue costs me seven quid or something. I know, it's like what? Book. It's a forty-page. Oh, right, okay, and fair it's enough. Double, it's oversized as well, so it's physically larger. Oh, um, are they going to collect it in like a, a nice oversized like a paperback? Not a oh, hardback. Get fucked. No hardback. No, no hardback. No, no. Hard, no. Who's the publisher? Uh, uh, Aftershock. 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 Come on, nobody wants an oversized floppy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what your granny said. <laughs> that's what everybody says. It literally, I can't think of a single example whenever somebody's like, yep, I want it oversized and floppy. <laughs> All I can think about is just pure unwieldiness. I mean, it's Garth. I would have thought that that would have been enough to warrant a hardback. I, I don't. I, I, mean, I know they've I, done hardbacks of other stuff. I know, all I know is the solicits that I've seen say paperback. So maybe, maybe it will be hardback. Would it at least know. cut like because Aftershock are the ones who did like the kind of premiere editions, and they came in like the little, um, like the little f- kind of no, cardboard. You're thinking of TKO. Oh, I'm thinking of TKO. Yeah, oh, yeah, they, yeah, those yeah. were nice little premiere edition, yeah, premiere no, editions. Premiere editions they did. These are nice. I mean, I would have liked it if there was something on the spine of the individual issues. Well, yeah, but, I mean, they're, they're, they're over there. They're just these black annoying. spines. I can yeah. barely find them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's slightly annoying. But uh, we were told. So I should buy the individual. I shouldn't buy them on the iPad. I need to get like the big oversized. Oh, yeah, well, Ron will show you. It's really right. Nice. Okay, really okay. Nice. Um, Although uh, the weird thing is, I flipped to the back of it and it shows other other things available from Aftershock, and there's all these like Garth Ennis series I've never heard of. It's really is there <laughs> it's like Jimmy's Jimmy's gents Jimmy's whatever bast- it is Jimmy's or bastards. Jimmy's bastards and which I think <laughs> there's, there's, that's, there's no more uh, pl- like that is a Garth title if somebody says there's, so there's a new comic book coming out called Jimmy's bastards Garth Ennis write it yeah yeah <laughs> it's, sounds about it's right essentially it's essentially all the children of James Bond can't gang up on him to kill him I think oh is that what it's just, about yeah 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 oh, see, I oh, that sounds that. great. <laughs> It's but again, the, all a the little typical Garth. Yeah. But there's about three or four books series. of like, you know, Garth Ennis war books. And I'm like, where, where, where did these come from? God, Garth Ennis' war stories are some of the absolute best they are good. Yes, comics. But, but they were getting published and no one's reading them. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's such a shame. How, how did, where, where I did mean, they, I'm sure people are reading them. You just weren't reading them. I certainly wasn't You're reading You're only them. reading this one because of me. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, you never but even you told knew you. about it because of me. I'm yeah, you never even told me about it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think part of the problem is Garth's not on any social media, so he doesn't do any promotion for himself no, very well. No. So, you know, if he but was on there, the pub- I would see... The- I mean, it's, it's the publisher's promotion, really, but then this stuff, if, I suppose, with Garth Hoppin from publisher to publisher, it's, it can be hard to get a handle on where the next Garth Ennis Ward is. That's why he should have, you know, that's why his social media presence would be a beneficial, would, uh, yeah, but I, actually think I get why people aren't on. I, I mean, I've read enough little essays by Garth, um, either in forwards or afterwards or things in books, or uh, he'll sometimes 
send out mail shots out mail uh, to people with a little essay about things in it, and you kind of read it and you think I actually would really enjoy a mailing list from Garth if, yeah. if we're doing some sort oh, of yeah. you know, thing yeah. on, the, on the regular that would be great it feels like he is trying to write a comprehensive history of, of 20th century warfare yeah <laughs> and by just doing one battler campaign at a time but yeah. I, you know I just I just would really love to kind of just put them in chronological order would be great as well well yeah we just have them all in there oh order. that would be fun <laughs> I wonder if somebody's done like a list online that would be interesting yeah that would be kind of interesting I, I'm sure like here's here's the quintessential Garth Ennis war they are, stories I mean they are all over the place in terms of publishers yeah so that's so yeah that's why yeah yeah. Um, I know the, the copyright on this is held by Aftershock and Spitfire which is Garth's uh, company and so I presume over time he's been gathering these things up a bit in yeah the, into his own just stuff like that would that ever leave the rights of the people who published it? it like, because I, mean, I know it's all he did. Depend, like, it's all entirely dependent on contracts. On the contract, on okay. the contracts. Um, and you know, I, I think as well. I mean, certainly, as you get more powerful in these industries, yeah. your ability to specify what's in your contract. I, I mean, I'm at the stage where this is the contract. Could you sign it? And yeah. I go. No, I'm thinking of maybe if I change a couple of little things, don't bother signing it. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the level of negotiation ability yeah. I have on a contract, whereas Garth is obviously going to have a, a completely different level. But I think um, his experience has been that with career own work, it doesn't really go anywhere unless you really get yeah. behind it yourself and I think with Garth it's a lot of I mean and I'm, I'm like this I think where it's like just give me the work to do and let me do the work and then and then once I've done the work let me give me give me more work to do and you get on with get, let the publisher and let everyone else yeah. handle all the PR yeah. and stuff with it do you Sometimes think that he's kind of opted for more whereas a lot of creators will take like a book and they will just push the shit out of that book like this is my new book whatever whereas Garth seems to have taken the approach that I'll take just a gonna, I'm, I'm gonna write I'm gonna write a lot of books and I'm just I'm gonna put them all out and I'm gonna trust that the people who want to read these are gonna find them I th- I th- and I'm just gonna ke- and, and that's no dis- that's no comment yeah, on yeah, the quality yeah. of them yeah that is just he rather than pushing like the one book he's think, just uh, here's like five books that are all going to come out this I year think, and there's all, these are all mine i think the publishers that he's working with are publishers that he knows well and that have said look we'll make a push for this and we'll yeah. do all, that, all of that i think you know garth i think just wants to sit down and write the stories he wants to write. yeah i mean he does pr stuff obviously but it's generally i think at the behest of the of the publisher and i'd love to get him publisher. on a podcast to find out what he thinks yeah i, I i'm not i don't uh, think he'd do it i'm scared i'd I, be scared I, I honestly don't think he'd do it obviously oh, he's garth, been on podcasts he's been and I bet you uh, the lovely Daniel uh, Fee uh, uh, gets him on his podcast. Have you, have you seen Daniel? No. Uh, he's, he's a 13, 14 year old. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, I have. He's a lovely yeah. wee fellow who's, who's interviewed everyone. Like, it's insane the people that he's interviewed uh, on his podcast. Um, I can't remember who, who he had last on it, but he sort of started with. Um, Northern Irish because he's from Ireland. He's a lovely fellow. He's, he's, he works or he not works. He is. A, he would go to comic conventions with his his dad. And his dad's uh, I think profoundly deaf, and so he, he interprets for his dad all the time. But over the course of that, he's very outgoing and very kind of not forward but pleasant, nice, and and so he's asked. And and over time, he's built up this repertoire of people that he's interviewed until he's sort of. 
I think I, he's. I think the last person I saw him interview him was like a TV, a film movie star or something. I, right. I can't, I can't remember who it was. Um, and I'm going to check while you two talk. I'm going to show well, obviously Garth's coming to Northern Ireland. Yeah, he's going to, uh, to Enniskillen for the Enniskillen Comic Fest. Oh, on fuck 18th, off, 18th is he? of June. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we should go to that. Well. I'm definitely going to go. I'm, the minute I'm trying to persuade Susie that we can go down and stay there for a couple of nights, which she's less keen on. Hold on, 18th, 18th of June. It's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. Right. But away. yeah, I mean, you, you can check your phone later. Yeah. But yeah, he's, so he's coming and to promote the, um, there's like a hardback of, uh, what, what, remind me of the name of the hardback. It's, it's, it's oh, it's ba- a battle, ba- battle action, battle action special. special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a what? It's a, it's a basically a revival of, of the two comics from the late 70s, early 80s, Battle and Action. Oh, right. So okay. he's, he's reviving some strips from that. I think he's writing everything in it and then there's just different artists. He's, he's written everything in it. Wow. And I, I mean, it's sort of battle action, battle action. So the comic Battle, and yes. there was a comic called Action, yes. and at some point they merged and became Battle Action, and Battle Action is generally considered, by, it was certainly by Garth, it's, at that period, Battle was at its peak, it was at its best, and you had John Wagner writing stuff, and all these other luminaries writing things. Charlie's War would have been in Yeah, Charlie's War was Johnny in Johnny Reb well. and things like that. Yeah. Charlie's War started in, in Battle? In Battle, yeah. Oh, yeah. right, okay. Um, and so, what do you call it? It, it is, essentially, there was a, a Battle kind of... Um, a couple of years ago, uh, 2008, did a battle special, which was just basically them kind of going, let's let's do a battle. So I did a, a strip in it called Destroyer, which was written by Rob Williams. Um, and Garth got it and kind of, I think a part of Garth went, I, I want to write all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little kind of twitch that went on and a little furrow of the forehead. Like, I have to write all of this. And so he's kind of written every single story in this. And there's there's lots of stuff. I mean, I, uh, generally the battle action stuff. And I think Garth has cherry-picked the, the strips that he liked best. Uh, but they all have a kind of, there's a certain um, iconic, uh, element to each of these strips so i i've drawn uh, a strip called the sarge and the sarge is, a, is about a, a platoon that's kind of coming into europe um a british uh, military platoon a uh, uh, little battalion group uh, and it's led by this uh jim mcmasters who is a sergeant a master sergeant i think and he, he's a veteran of world war one and the idea is he's kind of like the parent of the group and he's keep keeps them all alive you know so so you've got this kind of group over the course they this group dies and changes in the in the story in battle action they kind of they uh, new uh, characters come in and out but they they tend to have this kind of you know they're, they're quite strong signature characters you know there's a, a guy called um piat pete a Piat is a is a kind of anti tank weapon that, that the uh, British Army had. It was a, essentially spring loaded, so you had to get really fucking close to the tank, uh, and they were pretty scary. Like if you you know you couldn't be too far from it, otherwise it would just go spadoing and land not far enough near the tank. Uh, and so this character is quite scared and jittery of everything, but he's got this anti tank weapon, which means the only way to fire it is to get really fucking close to the the battle. So um, yeah, so you've got a lot of character signature characters including um uh what do you call him the the uh, pilot guy the uh who's johnny red johnny red johnny yeah. red if you don't know is um a british world war Two pilot who ends up flying for a russian um air force uh platoon I, i'm calling everything platoon i don't know what the proper garth Squadron. would hear this and go 
Oh my god. Um, so yeah, Squadron and um, Garth's done some Johnny Red revival stuff. Before. Yeah, yeah, he's done. He did. So t- for a while, Battle was kind of Titan had I think the rights to publish some stuff for. Yeah. It, and Titan were publishing Johnny Red with with Garth writing. Um, to, uh, Rebellion, who in 2008 have essentially kind of sucked up all of the publishing rights for all of these other smaller uh, publishers and books, and they're basically building. I mean, and they're doing a great job. They're building a library of reprint. A lot of this stuff that's long out of print. Uh, there's the Sarge actually recently they've reprinted that I've got this beautiful Sarge um, uh, what do you call it hardback drawn by a guy called Mike Western who's a great great artist um, he did he actually Jim Colquhoun did Charlie's War but I think Mike Western did some as well um, but uh, you know that that old school British artist and I think there there's um, certainly for Garth Garth wants people to know about these these artists you know because yeah. they're every bit as good as your Kirby's and uh, Ditko's and stuff it's just yeah. they didn't do well they, they, they were sort of the generation as well they, they kind of got passed over a lot of those guys because mm. whenever they uh, whenever the Americans came a calling those guys were already in oh yeah well, a lot of, I mean a yeah. lot of those artists were I mean there's a good number of them were actually World War 2 veterans yeah they were you know, old they were, they were old already yeah. they were older artists that were sort of doing this work there's a I mean I think I've, I've talked about him before um uh, there was an artist oh, I've forgotten his name um, he came along to a comic convention once and was startled to find people remembered his comics and were big fans well, of Ian Kennedy stuff. wasn't it? Uh, no 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 Ian Kennedy's still doing conventions at 89 my god yeah well, he um, died sadly yeah, recently yeah, sadly yeah. died recently but um, no it's another guy who, who Mike Dory Mike Dory who had done stuff he'd done stuff for 2080 but mostly done stuff for Battle and he'd done some stuff for 2080 and then went off to work in advertising and ended up working for advertising just assumed that comics you know the people who read comics were 11 or 12 at that point and just yeah. assumed that industry had either died or was still going the way it was, still read by 12-year-olds. And went. somebody had suggested he go to a comic convention, he popped in and people were like, oh my God, Mike Dory. And so it was. he was as surprised to find a fan base as, you know, the fan base were surprised to find him. So there's still, you know, I think a lot of that generation, there's a guy called... Um, Ron Smith, who was a 2008 artist, did a lot of Judge Dredd things. He was a Spitfire pilot during World War Two. <laughs> you know, these guys were sort of, they had a life and a history, and this was a day job. This was their job, and that's what they did. But, um, I mean, we write, I think, you know, it's, I, I've always loved comic art, so to me, Ditko and Kirby and, you know, whoever are all greats. There's, you know, I love that stuff. But the British, because the British stuff was never really reprinted, was never kept in print, there was never really any significant revival. I mean, Kirby was working for a long, long time. Superheroes were big. And the characters he invented were still being drawn by, you know... Well, yeah, by and large, the British stuff wasn't character-based either. It was mm. usually like, when the, when the story was over, that was that, and they moved on yeah, to the next yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. On it went. So, and, and they, like, I, th- I think um, it wasn't whole worlds you were creating from whole cloth the way the way Kirby might have done it was war stories or real life things yeah. people in trousers you know they, like uh, British artists uh, could draw folds in fabric whereas American artists would draw superheroes so. um, but yeah I mean Enniskillen comic convention actually is whenever whatever date it is but I'll be there as will Thomas my uh, young son who will be selling his comics as well and um, Garth will be there and quite a few uh, Rob Williams will be there as well. Do you think John um, will make it over for it? Or? 
No, John will not be here. No, he's no. he's, he's um, have um, COVID's essentially fucked him over. So he's kind of trying not to do too much. I, I think. So I saw the other day he's down with another dose of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesus, like, um, and it's hit him quite hard. I think as well. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if COVID's cumulative in its effects. If you you know if you've had it, then you get it again. You're worse, or if you're better, or whether it's it's almost like. You could be this COVID could be easy, that COVID could be hard, completely random, no rhyme or reason. I don't know, but it does seem to have hit him quite hard. I've had COVID once, and I don't really, I don't really want it again. Have you? You haven't had COVID? I have had it. Yes. Oh, we've all had COVID then. Mm. Okay, okay. I wouldn't recommend it. No. <laughs> how long? How long were you out for? Uh, a couple of weeks. Really? Wow. Well, I mean, like you know, I had I had the the four or five days of feeling absolutely shite, and then basically the recovery period after that. Yeah. Okay. And just feeling really sleepy and tired the whole what, time. What period did you? When, when did you get that? Oh, that was maybe like February, March this year, or something like that. Okay, so, so you'd have you'd have been jabbed a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was your COVID? We got it uh, the day after we got back from Paris. We got it. All yeah, all everybody except the kids. Okay. Yeah, except the kids. Yeah. Don't know how they managed to avoid it. I got. I got weirdly. I got. I was up in my brother's house, and I think I got it in my brother's house, up in Newcastle. I came home was home for a few days felt like dog shit went back up to my brother's house and uh, my dad tested I, my dad was coughing and spluttering everywhere he was up in my brother's house too and I said I think you need to test for COVID I tested negative at this point but I still felt like shit so he tested and he was positive for COVID and I thought like I feel worse than he is I cannot not have COVID. So I went down and got a um, lateral flow test. Or not, yeah, was it the lateral flow? No. The one? The, the other, the PCR, the, PCR. Test, the PCR test. And got a notification that night saying, yeah, you've got COVID. I went, fuck, I've got COVID. I must have, like, Annette and the boys must have it. Completely, somehow, didn't get it. Passed them by. Just completely didn't get it. We were out. We got back from Paris on the Friday night, late Friday night, just kind of laid low on Saturday and then decided oh Sunday we'll take the kids out for lunch because kind of the last day of the holiday we were back to work on the mm. Monday um, and whatever um, and we went down to this restaurant and they had this little sign on the the thing that says try our homemade pineapple lemonade mm-hmm. I was like that sounds great and so me and Hannah both ordered one they sat it down and I took a sip of mine and Hannah was like oh that's really nice I was like what are you talking about? It tastes like shit. <laughs> and she's like, this is really, it, it's really nice. I was like, there's no fucking flavor to it. What are you talking about? <laughs> and she kind of looked at me and I went, oh, fuck. And then I took the big slice of lemon that was in the pitcher thing out and like bit into it. And I was like, yeah, I got COVID. Uh, you, you would know. So when we were doing the car chat, uh, I talked about this, but I'll, I'll tell you this now. Cause why not? Um, I have so I went to the doctors. They gave me some antibiotics for a thing, and uh, the antibiotics were quite strong. And it said on the packet, "Do not, you know, don't go sunbathing, don't use a sun machine, and uh, this can make you sensitive to sunlight." And I went, "We're in Northern Ireland, as if I'm not going to go on a sunbed anyway." Just literally repeating the other podcast here. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> the same. I'll, I'll speed it up. But we were out, and it, we were out. So we were on a boat, and I said, "Well, you can feel the the, the water hitting you, can't you?" And that's going, "No." What are you talking about? I'm going, you feel the splash of the water. It's just hitting everywhere because it must be a lot of water. Nope. 
don't know what you're talking about. Turns out it was all my skin was <laughs> dying or something. I from the the heat. You were just getting like these like waves of. Well, I think every time whatever happened in the sun had done something so that whenever my skin was so sensitive that when the wind was blowing against it, it felt like pricks of cold, little oh, pricks yeah. of cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like I thought it was like splashes of water, but it really wasn't. And then we were walking around. I, we were walking around um, Rathlin Island, and I was like, "Oh, see, I'm really sweating. It's really warm. Anyone else really warm?" No, we're all fine. What are you talking about? I'm like, my face is literally burning. Nobody else feeling that? No, no, all fine. I was, I was going, this is not right. Something's not right. I ducked into the shade and I went, do you remember when I read that packet of the of the medicine that said stay out of sunlight? And that goes, yeah, I think this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is why. Yeah, I think this is what's happening. So anyway, I, I st- I'm, still, I'm still not quite, you know, still not quite right after it. But anyway. Just stayed out of sunlight. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, duh. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. But it's hard. Yeah, I've actually been driving up to Newcastle every few days. So I drove up and down to Newcastle four times yesterday. What, in a fucking convertible? No. Just no, yeah. So, yeah. So then, a yeah. Window. Yeah. But... <laughs> The day told me about this. He came out. I was picking up in the car, and he came out with his with his jumper up over his head, <laughs> like, like hard hues, <laughs> like a vampire. <laughs> I'll tell you what it's about in a minute. <laughs> I was avoiding sunlight like mad. I, I thought he was trying to hide from the landlord. Or <laughs> I do have a Factor Fifty sun cream in the like a spray in the back of the car now. So every time I go, I look, I go to, the, I look out, I go, oh, it's a bit sunny. Run to the car, spray myself all over. Well, it's not like, permanent. Are you still on the antibiotics? No, but uh, the antibiotics were like four weeks, so it, it's going to take a few weeks. Jesus, what you of... have? <sighs> look, we should like this talking in. But let's put it like this. Nothing. I've got nothing. The the antibiotics didn't have no effect on what was wrong. And so I'm being sent for an ultrasound now. Oh, dear. All right. So okay. Like, let's just say it's his balls again. It's my balls. It's my balls. It's all balls all the time. I mean, he has mostly balls. Yes. <laughs> and it's my balls. My balls are sore. I'm waking up with sore balls. And the doctor went, mm, maybe some antibiotics. And he went, have this. It's very strong because it's very hard to get anything down there. <laughs> Okay then. Uh, I went to the doctors with sore balls, and they gave me antibiotics, and they cleared it up. Oh, well, you see, that, <laughs> you and I have different things going on. Then that's the difference. Is I, he also said to me, uh, so, apple store oranges really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crab apples to those big giant navel oranges. Uh, um, he said to me, uh, it, it's, uh, so. Yeah, this little uh, and delicate, but uh, you know, could it be a sexually transmitted disease? Oh, not bloody likely, mate. <laughs> So, uh, and if it was, it would have been cleared up with with, with the, the antibiotics. With the antibiotics. Yeah. yeah. As did, 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 do, you find, do you find? Do you think that he might have not believed you? I don't know. It's like, could it be sexually transmitted? Because that would clear up with antibiotics. You're like, no. And he's like, let's give you some antibiotics. I'm pretty sure he took one look at me and went, "That fellow's not had sex in a long time." Look, if your dad's still raw dogging around a fucking fold, I think somebody somewhere out there would fuck you. My wife. What are you talking about? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, the uh, the upshot is I've got to go get an ultrasound now in my testicles, which is going to be nice. no fun whatsoever. I've had an ultrasound on my testicles. Have you? I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what. They said we're going to put cream on you, stuff on gel, I think it's yeah, gel. Yeah, yeah. And then give it a go with the old like, ultrasound. There's the heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> good. It's good. To, uh, pleased to see you with twins. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah so uh, that's gonna happen that's gonna happen and nice. I'll come back and tell you all about it <laughs> I thought we were gonna do a pick of the week I'd, I, I, oh wait hang on do you have a pick of the week I, I forgot the whole some, format and everything I picked wow. something out and everything okay right okay go on go on, go on. Like, oh I'll, here I'll, let me tell you the other thing I'm doing alright I'm doing I'm doing a Harlequin the animated series uh, they're, they're, now I'm doing what I'm doing is they're doing an 80 page giant that ties into he did say ask the other podcast <laughs> did I did I <laughs> I don't know I don't think so I, know, I told you about it because it, it wasn't announced yet oh, it's right, been okay. announced now so I'm doing a 15 page tie in which features the Joker uh, King Shark and a character called Dr. Psycho I was unfamiliar with but it apparently is not a long time I mean this sounds like it's made for you yeah yeah I think so yeah um, so he's yeah, writing so, it uh, it's a guy called Jimmy Moschino 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 something like that it's, uh, Pasquale no that's Joe Pasquale um, no um, I, do, I think he writes TV stuff so oh, I'm, right, not, okay, very good. I'm not familiar with it it was a good yeah. fun script though so um, it is fun to do but that's my first DC work that is they've come directly to me and not uh, John McRae going I've got COVID can you help <laughs> <laughs> Which oh, actually, John. Soul Plumber's being, re- being printed and collected in a hardback, and it'll be out around October as well. So around, I think it's like 11th of October. This is a good fun collection. She'll have two collections out around the time of New York Comic Con. For New York Comic Con. Yeah, which will be great. So I'm going to New York Comic Con anyway, and I'm going to walk around going, hey, it's me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, me, the guy. No, you've never seen me. You do, yeah, okay. All right, then. And that'll shrink again into a little tiny ball. <laughs> As your ball should, hopefully. As my ball should. Have you seen the trailer for uh, uh, 3,000 Years of Longing? Yeah. Oh, that looks amazing. I've not. Have you it's not? It's George Miller's new film. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. With Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. As a genie? As a genie? Idris Elba playing a, a djinn. A djinn, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who comes out of a bottle that Tilda Swinton finds. And I think of course. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be one of those films where it's like, you know, let me tell you, the stories of previous people who've made yeah, this. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. Because yeah, she's, she's very like pragmatic apology. and she's like, well, I know she's a historian or an archaeologist or something. She's like, oh, well, I know all the shit. I know all the parables and I know all the tales of how bad wishes go. So I don't think I want to wish for fucking anything. And he's like, no, but I wish for my freedom and like you know help me out and yeah. then I think they go on a bit of a journey it looks fun but it's weird because there are two comics coming out about genies and wishes oh really um, one is I think it's something like 8,000 genies I think it's called which is about that's too many genies yeah, no but it, it is it's like they're, it's about everyone getting their own individual genie then and, they need and, then they need, and they then all, they need more they'll make it that's not, that's not enough genies <laughs> Something like that, and then and then uh, Paul Cornell has a book coming out called Three Wishes, which is about somebody getting catching a fairy and being granted three wishes. It just it's it's weird. It's weird when there's suddenly yeah. a confluence of things where you go, oh, we haven't seen a genie movie, a genie thing, and now there's three three wishes, three things about wishes, making wishes. Bring so back I dream of genie. That's I dream. I mean. <laughs> did well, you see they, the trailer for? Did you see the trailer for Prey? Yes. No, I haven't. Is Ooh. it good? What's that? Is that Tr- Prey? Is a very short little teaser trailer uh-huh. it's only i don't know 30 seconds long or something and it's a a native american is kind of stalking something through long grass okay he's got his bow and arrow uh-huh. out and he's stalking he can see looking at something into the woods and something's looking back out predator at him predator? it's predator isn't it it's and predator. it is predator there's a three red, <laughs> three dots, red appear dots, dots appear on his head ah, and, then it, and then it cuts and it's called prey uh-huh. and, it, it, and it's it's a hulu original movie that's coming 
streaming on Disney August Plus. the 5th. It'll be on Disney It'll Plus. It'll be on Disney Plus on August right, the 5th. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So they've, they've really snuck that under the radar because wow. that's going to be fucking class. And Top Gun's out this week. I am booked in the IMAX this People week. People are saying Top Gun's great. Yeah. I'm yeah. really surprised because yeah. I mean, it got a five minutes sta- five minute standing ovation. There at was a lot of Mickey taken when, when it was announced that Top Gun was coming out. It felt it felt very much like, I mean, it was very much like um, a meta movie in a way where, where he's going, Maverick, you're too old to be doing this shit. And, it, and you're thinking, that's true of Tom Cruise <laughs> as well. Look, really? Ron's close personal friend, Christopher McQuarrie, assured him yeah. via text message. Via text message? Via, via, DM. via DM. But it, it comes to his phone and it's text. Yeah, so yeah. But also it's a DM. That's, assures, that's, that's assured him that it was one of the best things they've ever done. I think wow. his exact words were, trust me, it over-delivers. <laughs> right, okay. There's, I think that what I enjoyed... this. The, I think it was the critic for IndieWire uh-huh. posted a tweet saying... Top Gun 2 is so much better than Top Gun 1. We're not talking about the difference between Paddington 2 and Paddington 1. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the difference between Paddington 2 and Jared Leto in Morbius. Okay. And I was like, oh, that sounds promising. Well, I really like the original Top Gun. I really like the original Top Gun. But um, my uh, my work colleague Wayne went to see top gun maverick last week it what? Showing, what it was showing in a special preview in Cineworld world in the imax last week for one night only get fu- how, how did we find out about that so he it's too late he was booked in he was not happy he's he hates the original top gun he he was like i can't believe that top gun movie they ruined it with all that romance plot and all <laughs> i'm like that's the only thing that made it a heterosexual movie <laughs> but uh he came out he texted me after that um, Top Gun Maverick screening and he says that that's one of the best movies I've ever seen they've taken out all the romance and he's like and finally he Tom says, Cruise is, is bumming someone. fucking incredible and he was just completely blown away by it so I am wow. super pumped for yeah, this movie yeah I'm okay. so excited I think I'm going to try and go on Wednesday I'm not going to the IMAX I'll, but I'll maybe go to I've never been to an IMAX film before so I I saw June I, in the IMAX in we were over for a wedding in Newcastle upon Tyne and I had like a half a day oh this is a funny story so, better deliver. I went over. I went over to with the we, uh, to the wedding with Hannah. She was a bridesmaid, mm-hmm. um, and her friends Mary and Allison were getting married. I was going over just for to, the to each other. Just yes, so, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. To, it's not, 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 it's not a double wedding. Not a double wedding. Okay. Yes, yes. Mary and Allison are getting married. I went over just for the ceremony, but she's a bridesmaid, so there's a lot to do for mm-hmm. for bridesmaids in these situations. So I'm in the car. We've just been picked up from the airport. Does she act as a bridesmaid for both or just the one? Just one. So there was a, there was bridal parties okay. for both. Okay. Um, so I'm in the car on the way to the Airbnb where mm-hmm. we were staying with uh, two other bridesmaids, and the one of the bride's sis, or one of the bride's brothers phones. And he's like, oh, we're at the venue. We're doing the X, Y, and Z. We're, you know, we're sorting all this stuff out. We're doing this. And he was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to Marks and Spencer's to pick up some cakes. And then I've got to go and pick up this. And then we're dropping Scott off at the Airbnb, Hannah's husband. Um, and then we're coming to the venue. And he was like, all oh, right. And then she's like, oh, can you guys do X, Y, and Z at the venue? And the brother on speakerphone in the car goes... Who's Scott and why doesn't he have to come and help? <laughs> I'm like, dude, fucking chill. It's your sister's wedding. So, of course, you have to help. I have no part in this. But fuck you for trying to bring me down. Because at, lo- at that point, everybody looks at me and I'm like, 
I'm not caving. <laughs> I'm not. I am no. I have been promised what? a day to myself in Newcastle upon Tyne. What? What would? What would the expectation be for you? A complete? I don't know. Just to to, the, I don't know. Wander around in the lift. So yeah, put, yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> I will refer a jolly, and you're not having me. Yeah. Up. No. You will not ruin this lesbian wedding no, for me. No, no, not a chance. <laughs> so I went to see June in the IMAX oh, twice. Nice. Suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so last thing on their mind. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh, and I also did see. I saw the Batman in the Screen X in Cineworld. Okay, what's Screen X? Screen X. They throw is, bats at you. Close. Yeah, no, that's the 4DX. Okay. Right, that's what, 4DX. Screen X? screen X is norm, normal cinema screen in front of you, mm-hmm. but for some specific scenes, oh, left and right le- screens, left and right. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm. It's so it. fucking good. Is it? It's I would have thought it was so annoying, good. Like no, the most annoying thing that could for the happen. sake because it's like whenever a Nolan film goes into IMAX mode, like they don't like the Dark Knight and whatever. They don't shoot them all IMAX. They shoot them letterboxed, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. for the action scenes, it blows what up to that? IMAX. There's only one film I can think of, and I can't even think of what the hell it is now, where it opens in one format and then it widens out to another when it's filming. It's the... Uh, Sony it's, Music. No, it's the um, it's the the Wizard of Oz prequel. Is it it's the, the Wizard of Oz prequel. Yes. Because, annoyingly, this is nerdy cinematic bullshit. What about Superman? Is it do? What do you mean? I thought the original 1970s Superman started on a small screen and then went wider and wider and wider. Is it? But I think what Paul's talking about is like an actual format change. Okay. Oh, yeah. So like, like the the yeah. So like the aspect ratio. So the, the the Wizard of Oz. What's it called? Oz the Great and the Powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts off in four by three. Okay. But it's not four by three. I thought you meant Return to Oz. No, 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 no. I, I really like it, Return to Oz. So it starts four by three. But it's not four by three because it still has the two three nine crop on right, top of okay. it, so you're missing the top and bottom yeah. as well as the sides. So you end up with this tiny fucking postage stamp in the middle of the screen instead of proper four by three, which would be full height but yeah. not full width. I mean, and I, then I, it I'm all always, yeah, opens so, out into the, that, into the, I'm always the other thinking, world. Like the bits that aren't IMAX or something. Thinking, what am I missing? <laughs> well, that's I demand it's, my money, but I demand a, a fraction off this because I'm not getting all of the. Well, some movies are entirely shot in IMAX, yeah. but it's. Just just, I'm just saying what the, the like for the length of the normals. You're not it, it, when these scenes open out. Mm. It's like the scenes whenever Batman is on top of the the place. Have you seen the new Batman yeah. movie? Um, have you seen it? Yes. Yeah. So the scenes when he's on top of the place have where the bat signal. Yeah. Okay. Is like the the kind yeah. of scaffolded building. Yeah. Yeah. It opens up on the sides, and all of a sudden, in your periphery, you have the entire cityscape of mm. Gotham. And when he's doing the, the the chase, the big car chase sequence, you have the entire city whizzing past. Okay. So where where is where are these images? Whenever I'm watching it normally, so is this stuff only exists. This these? only exists in these cinemas. Wouldn't it be great if so, you could just uh, download the side views <laughs> just, to, that, just to watch them for an hour? So they have been, in some cases, shot; in other cases, digitally created. Okay, so the, these things are basically made to get you into the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's the same as the movies themselves. Well, yes, but I mean, they the tried, movies themselves are, with, can be replicated at home. They tried yes, with yes. 3D cinema. No one was biting. So they well, then the thing is, the one that I haven't tried in Cineworld, which is the 4DX, yeah. which is the one where the they, seats move and, and, and squirts water at you. Yeah. There's smell-o-vision. I can do that here. <laughs> I can do any cinema journey. I don't think I want any part of that. <laughs> I think my brother went to see something with that and he said it was, it was okay. My friend went to see Scream and she said it was really fun. 
but at the same time the seats moved a lot and the, the, it sprayed a lot of water on them i mean that, the first whenever i went to the original screen uh back in i think it was 1996 the girl sitting beside me who i did not know uh there was no oh, there's the bit at the very start where drew barrymore's hiding behind a, a, a chair and then uh, something comes through, through the, the window, window at her. Yeah. Well, she screamed so loudly, she squeezed her coke and it went all over me. <laughs> wow, and that's four D. That's as much four D as I want to experience because yeah. I just have to sit in it for Wait, an entire. Th- film. Those, these are just essentially the same uh, things that the guy who did that screamer, yeah, the tingler, kinda, the tingler. Yeah, I mean they're not much different than those kind of. Oh, it's it's the same thing, yeah. Except on a bigger. William scale. Castle was not his name. Yeah, yeah. Because there wasn't there, there was um, isn't that the jo- um, John, John the Joe Dante film Matinee, yeah, which yeah. is an excellent film yeah, if anyone's looking for something fun sort of, to watch. That's kind of the story of that. It's not really the story of that, but isn't it? Sort it's of, sort of yeah, set around the Cuban Missile Crisis yeah. at the same time, and it, it's Joe, it's um, what's his name, big guy, yeah, John, John, no, Joe, John, Joe, Joe Goodman, John Goodman, John Goodman, John Goodman, Goodman plays wow, Castle. Castle. He's got, oh, tough getting to that one, wasn't it? Yeah, so he goes to a small town and he's trying to rig all the the seats with like a, you know electricity charges and yeah. and gets it, gets a low local kid to wear a, a, an anti-head mask <laughs> during the film Mant and this guy runs out and tries to scare the crowd and all. it's an excellent film it's it's probably Joe Dante's least well-known film mm. as well it's, oh, it's, really? it's, yeah, I think okay. it's his best to oh, be there you go. anyway that's uh, that's my that was a very uh, the quick aside yes anyway you were going to do a pick of the week I do have a pick yeah. of the week so then we remember College Humor you, the, the website, website? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right so College Humor went bust and College Humor were then bought by their, personally bought, I think, by their then CEO and kind of rebranded. And now they have this kind of streaming service called Dropout. Okay. So from college to Dropout, I thought it was quite funny. Oh, okay. They have a bunch of content on there. And some of it's very good. Some of it doesn't interest me so much. Although I, I, I would quite like to get into it. So they have a ton of series that are all filmed D and D campaigns, and okay. they filmed like multiple hours of 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 these things, and they have probably eleven series of these like very very long D and D campaigns with mm. very very good D and D players and very very good dungeon masters doing them. That stuff doesn't interest me that much, but I would maybe quite like to dip my toe. What got me onto it? Is, I think it's only three pounds fifty a month for the streaming mm. thing. What got me onto it is a show that I kept seeing clips of on um like youtube is it youtube shorts is that the, the yeah, little yeah. yeah um and it's a show called game changer and it game changer is presented by the owner of the company a guy called sam reich who's a very funny guy and every episode it's the only game show where the game changes every show mm-hmm. and they have three contestants who are all part of the college humor slash dropout mm-hmm. kind of family and none of them know the rules of the game that they are about to play. And every episode is a brand new game with a brand new set of rules. And it can range from the, the completely normal quiz to the completely surreal, I'm just going to say the word eggplant until okay. you figure out what you have to say in response okay. to try and to try and, and make and this work. Do, do they know? That, are they given the rules, no, or do they have no, to find? No, the rules they have to find the rules. The only way the only way to find out the rules is by playing. Okay, okay. It's, and it's really funny. Okay, it's really really funny. It sounds like it would be tiring very quickly, but no, it's not. They're half hour. They're half hour episodes. Okay. Like they're, they're bite size things, and mm. the people that they have 
both playing and presenting are just really really good improvisers really good kind of comedians and all that sort of stuff and it is well worth your time well they've got four seasons of it do you you have a pick of the week pj i i I have one yeah go ahead all right um i i know it doesn't look good but i've been on a diet right (laughs) The um, and I've decided you can't pick what you're not eating. No, 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 no. What I'm what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say is there's 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 a couple of apps that I've been using. One of them, um, which is free, is the NHS app called Weight Weight Loss. It's essentially it's a calorie counter. It just lets you count your calories. Um, and and I have done Slimming World loads of times, and it's quite convoluted. You think it's really fucking hard. You've got to figure out, you know, you can eat 10 grapes, but only either one sin and you can do 12 sins per day. It's, it's just, it's quite complicated. Um, whereas the, this is just calories. It's just, you just figure out how many calories are in the thing you're eating. And it, it gives you sort of recommended how much calories you should be eating per day, how much of that's lunch and, and dinner and stuff. And it keeps a track of them for you. And that's, that's it. That's, uh, and it's, that's free. I've been, it's free. I've been using that all week and I've been sort of, you know, it's just it's not um it's not pushing anything it's free that's yeah. the big thing um there is a, a fancier um calorie counter thing which i've i well, my fitness I've, pal is like the is like the one that's like that's like the biggest one yeah the, um, the other one but then it went quite expensive on the old yeah uh, yeah the, the other one is, is one called calorie counter it's about 22 point a year but I, I use the, it's it's nicer, it's cosmetically nicer, it's a very pretty, you can scan barcodes in and it'll tell you how many calories are in a thing. And if you scan, like if you scan a barcode of, of a loaf of bread, it'll go, it's a loaf of bread, two slices are this and one slice is that. So you quickly kind of count your calories. Well, I thought calorie count would be really fucking difficult and it turns out everything's got calories on them. So yeah. it's, it's actually surprisingly easy. It's a lot easier than the Slimming World system where you go, ah, right, now i got to look this up on the Slimming World app to tell me how many sins this is yeah and then and then figure that out or if it doesn't if it's not on the app you've got to add up the things and calculate it and it's just a pain um and also you're paying for that 10 pound a month yeah insanely um whereas the the calorie counter thing is basically everything uh, this is the other thing i uh, like an idiot i'm like looking at the back of every time i've looked at things it's gone calorie per slice is this calorie per 100 grams is this i thought why who eats in 100 grams and then i realized you divide the calories by 100 that's one calorie for one gram so whatever weight it is you can multiply up to get the amount yeah if you've got 15 calories if you've got 15 grams it's divide that by that and then, and so it's easy enough to do so it's actually surprisingly easy and i've been sort of sticking to it because it, it also doesn't like um slim world has has this thing where it's sort of you can eat as much fruit and vegetable and pasta and these other things as you like as long as you counterbalance it with this other thing so it's they're quite complicated yeah whereas just counting your calories you can go well i'll have exactly the same meal i normally have i'll just add up how many calories it is and then you add it up and you think I'll lose a little bit of that and I'll lose a little bit of that and that'll bring the calorie into a more reasonable reasonable amount. So that's 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 my pick of the week. I mean and it doesn't show yet <laughs> but you haven't that's seen it. I'm sure the listeners can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ron. Um, right, well, I'm sitting here trying to think, should I go for a TV show, a comic book, or a movie? But I'll go for the movie. Um, I'm going to go for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. And my, I'm my, my, my 13-year-old, 13-year-old desperately wants to see that. It is 
a mind fuck of a movie it is terrific it's just one of those things where to tell you about it really would kind of spoil I things a seen bit a tra- I haven't seen I've the, seen um, glimpses of trailers yeah. I've seen I don't really want to I don't want to see anything it's more it's really highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes yeah I'm not going to tell you anything about plot I'm just going to say it's one of the most original and visually inventive movies yeah. I've, I've ever seen um, the cast is terrific it's uh, Michelle Yeoh and uh, Kehu Kwan who people will remember a short, short round, round yeah. from uh, Temple of Doom <laughs> and uh, Data from Goonies yeah um, and it's really nice to see him in a movie you know 30 years later uh and it's just a really fun ride of a movie it's 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 i can't wait it's, I, yeah i can't say enough good things about it and i just want people to go out and see it because it's not really getting a massive release to be perfectly honest um and i'm sure our audience will boost that considerably <laughs> so. both of you go out and see that <laughs> anyway that's our show then I think it is, yes. Yeah, all right then. Well, thanks for listening. I don't know which button is the end music. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hit a button and uh, let's see what yeah, happens. Press, that press one. the ding and then you'll remember. Well, that's, that's the ding. Yeah, there you go. Now I put it in there. There's the-